This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Weekdays at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. What up, folks? You're listening to the Paul Gallant Show, but he is not here. I'm filling in for my guy. It's me. Michael Bumpus, thank you for joining the most interactive sports talk show in all of the land. How's everybody doing today? The Mariners got it done yesterday, but before we talk about the Mariners, I'm going to give you my question of the day, but I have to explain it to you just a little bit. So I know this is the USA. No one wants to hear about soccer, but the elite teams in the world, the clubs like Real Madrid, Manchester United, Manchester City, Arsenal, Barcelona, all those teams are talking about forming their own Super League. Eight teams are going to be involved. So my question to you is, if the NFL were to create their own Super League with eight teams, which eight teams would you put in that league? Would it be uh, because of money, success, tradition? You give me your eight, and we'll talk about that. So who are your eight teams? Now let's talk about these Mariners. Mariners got it done last night against the Los Angeles Dodgers, the defending world champions. If you've listened to this show before, you know that I'm an L.A. guy. I grew up in L.A. I root for the Dodgers, but I got love for these Mariners, and they got it done last night, and I was happy to see that. Got it done in a different way. Defense shine. We saw Evan White make an over-the-shoulder catch. We saw Dylan Moore save the day with a grab line drive. It was beautiful to watch. I appreciate, and I always use that word when I talk about the Mariners' appreciation because I understand who they are and what they're doing. This isn't a club that's expected to go into the playoffs and win a bunch of games. If they do in the process, that's great. But I just like seeing guys step up. And last night we saw guys step up on defense. Also, we saw Taylor Trammell find it. He found his groove. All right, he hit a home run, also drove in a couple runs. This guy... Um, looks comfortable, comfortable at the plate. Let's listen to that home run more. Here's the stretch and the right-handers 2-1 pitch. Marmaleosa swinging a drive deep to right field. This one is going to be gone. Goodbye baseball. Line drive. Home run into the lower deck. Holy smokes, number three on the year for Jose Marmaleos. He turns around a pitch from Dustin May, rides it out of here. The Mariners have a 2-0 lead over the Dodgers here in the bottom of the first inning. Marmaleos got the party started on a day where Mitch Hanniger didn't have his stuff. Um, Ty France didn't have his stuff, but Marmaleos got it going in the first inning. Now, I missed the first inning. I was working, so I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, okay, we're up 1-0. Who did it? Marmaleos. And the way he did it, it was a line drive home run. I was just on the Danny Gallant show with Danny O'Neill, and he asked me, he goes, all right, Bump, which do you appreciate more, the line drive home run or the towering just bomb to deep center? And initially I said, you know what? It's the bomb because as a, as a batter, I would think that I'm sitting there. I, I crack the ball. I get to admire that thing. But as he sold me, as I watched it over and over again, it's really impressive what Marmaleos did. I mean, there, if that ball was a foot lower, maybe even six inches lower, it doesn't get out the park. And it happens so fast. So I appreciate that because it happens so fast. And you don't see that often, right? You see it, obviously, in baseball. You play so many games, you're going to see scenarios over and over again. But uh, I'm sold. I like the line drive. You guys tell me what you like. Now, I mentioned uh, Taylor Trammell gets things going. 
hits a home run, drives a couple runs in. This is a guy who needed to have some success at the plate. Now, we know the the top of the order, one, two, three, and four batters are, are going to produce, or at least they should produce. It's when you get to the middle of the lineup and the back end is where you're kind of searching for guys to step up. And on a day where Hanniger didn't have his stuff and, and Ty France didn't have his stuff, you needed guys like Marmaleos to step up. You needed guys like Taylor Trammell to step up. And this is going to help them later on in the season. You guys remember th- this moment. There's going to be another moment where Trammell's going to have to step up and make a play, and he's going to tap back into this right here. Let's listen to his home run. Here's a swing and a drive, deep into the gap, in left center field, and this one is going and going, and goodbye baseball! Taylor Trammell with an opposite field home run out to the pen. His third home run of the season. He went oppo, third home run of the season, first one at home. Nice to see him, and I talked about the Dylan Moore uh, play. If he doesn't make this play more, Dooley, this is a different ball game. I think Evan White probably had the tougher catch, but I think Dylan Moore made the more important catch. Let's listen to that. The pitch. Swung on and hit. Oh, what a catch! A diving, leaping catch by Dylan Moore. Inning over. That was a line drive. Stepped to his left. Got airborne. Made the play. That's the end of the top of the seventh inning. Line dry, steps to his left, makes the play. And again, I like the interaction of the players. J.P. Morgan's the first guy that guy there. He's getting hyped. Um, Dylan Moore makes a play, and he's kind of like, oh, do I celebrate? Like, what do I do? This is the innocence of this baseball club. You have so many young guys who are experiencing not a lot of firsts, but they're in scenarios that they just haven't been in consistently. So I, 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 I like to look at the reactions of guys when they do stuff. And when you have a teammate – like JP hyping you up, it also shows the closeness between a team. And I think that's important, especially on a baseball team, when you spend so much time together to see Dylan Moore make that play, an important play. If he doesn't make that, at least one one run is going to be scored, and we're looking at a different ball game. Let's, uh, Scott Service said, hey, a big key to the bullpen success is that all of the guys have secondary pitches. Let's hear that. All the guys have quality secondary pitches. You know, we certainly have velocity, you know, more velocity than we had in the bullpen here probably since uh, Eddie Diaz left. You know, we've got multiple guys down there that can run it up there. But the key is that they've all got secondary pitches. We see Montero, the great changeup tonight. You know, Gravy obviously leans on the, the sinker heavily, but he's got a real slider now, something he didn't have in the past. Will Vest got a good changeup and breaking ball. Keenan Middleton slider. I go down the, you know, what Miz does with the breaking ball. So having those secondary pitches and being able to land those and command them, it's been huge for our guys. And they're executing really, really well. Bullpen is landing and commanding those pitches. They have secondary pitches everybody's been working on. That means you just don't know what you're going to get. You have to be prepared. Now, Shannon Dreher has some things to say about Graven, a.k.a. the gravy train is what I've heard. Let's hear what she had to say. Yeah, it was interesting. I was talking with Pete Woodworth, pitching coach, uh, recently, and this is something that I'd never thought of. But, you know, Kendall Graveman, as a starter, he was a sinker baller. He had a very good sinker ball, but it, the mentality of that was put the ball in play. Now they're telling him, strike the guy out, put the ball past that guy. You've got that stuff in one inning. You've got the slider now. And that's an adjustment. That's something that he has really, that's never been his approach. And I think as he gets more into it, you could be looking at, you know, one of the better relievers in the league. The stuff that we have seen is electric. I like the change in approach. Don't put it into play. Blow by him. Do what you do. Get this guy out. That shows 
confidence in Graveman. When he is getting coached up by his pitching coach and by the skipper and all that to blow by guys to get them out, that has to instill a confidence in him that we are just going to see grow and grow as the season progresses. All right, let me remind you guys what the question of the day was. Okay, I have to explain it a little bit. All right, the top eight teams in Europe, like the Barcelona's, excuse me, top eight soccer teams in Europe, Barcelona, Real Madrid, all those guys are considering making a super eight team league. If you had to pick eight teams in the NFL to represent the NFL in a Super 8 League team, uh, what would it be? All right? All right, let's reset. Uh, The most interactive sports show in all of Seattle, as I must remind you, is brought to you by Kings Heating and Air. Let's go to more Dooley with What's Trending. What's up, Bump? What's going on, Dooley? Oh, not much, you know. Just uh, basking in this Mariners glory for right now. Yes. I'm going to hope that it, it keeps lasting, but I'm enjoying <laughs> it either way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. All right. First up today, we have um, a bad part of last night's game, but luckily it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Ty France may miss a game or two after being hit in the forearm by a 98-mile-an-hour fastball. Um, X-rays were negative. This was Scott's service on that after the game. Sorry, let me. You know, I, I'm just glad I, I didn't, you know, again, you know, you kind of get a bad feeling. You, you, you know, I'm standing so close to home plate. You get a feeling sometimes if it is a broken bone or, or whatever, but you never know until they get that X-ray. So um, obviously we're very happy that it's not any broken bones. He's going to be sore tomorrow. We'll just have to wait and see you know, how he feels when he comes in in the morning. Um, hopefully he's good to go, but we just have to wait and see. This is why I don't play baseball. And I couldn't, <laughs> hit, I couldn't hit a curveball either, so you know, well, we don't talk about that. 98-mile-an-hour fastball to the forearm. You have to be a tough man to do that. And he tried to come out and play defense after that. He just couldn't do it. He threw a couple balls and was like, hey, I got to get out of here. He's going to be sore. The x-rays are negative, so that's a plus. Here's a positive. Kyle Lewis is playing tonight. All right, yeah. so you lose... You're losing Ty. You're gaining Lewis. I would love to have them both, but if I'm going to lose somebody, um, I love that Kyle Lewis is going to replace him. I've been waiting for this kid to get back out on the diamond. Should be fun to watch tonight against the Dodgers. What else you got, Dooley? All right. Uh, Broncos players were among the first to release a statement saying that they would not attend voluntary workouts, but it was apparently not a unanimous decision as quarterback Drew Locke and about 20 other teammates reportedly worked out at the facility yesterday. Do you see this happening with a lot of the teams that made those statements through the NFLPA? This is definitely going to happen. Now, the NFLPA can come out and say whatever they want to. This is what we want our guys to do. This is what um, is in their best interest. No, it's not. It's in the best interest of guys who are making a bunch of money, who have guaranteed signing bonus, who's sitting on 20 mil in the bank, who is established in the NFL. Guys like Drew Lott, maybe your starting quarterback for the Broncos, he feels the pressure. He knows he's not established. He knows he has to show out and, and prove to these coaches that he can be trusted. There are more guys on the NFL roster with little experience than there are with guys with a lot of experience. Most NFL careers end about three, three and a half years. If you get a second contract, you're lucky. If you get a third contract, you are extremely fortunate. So the other guys, they have to battle. If I were in the NFL today, you don't know I was an undrafted free agent, uh, went to trial for the Seahawks, ended up making the squad. I went to everything, and I was early. 
and I stayed late, and I made sure the coaches saw that because I have to make an impression on them. I didn't get drafted in the first couple of rounds, and I'm guaranteed at least three years in this league. I made it through the back door. So that's what I think about because that's the majority of the league, not necessarily guys who are undrafted, but guys who just didn't have the red carpet rolled out for them. So for those guys, they're going to show up, and I think they should they should show up, and I think we're going to see a lot more of this throughout the league as time goes on. My only hope is that I hope the NFL PA doesn't put any pressure on them. Now, I saw a statement saying that, you know, they're not going to they're not going to knock these guys for doing it. It's a recommendation. Okay, that's cool. But now, let's talk about these veterans on the team. What's their approach? Are they going to guilt trip these guys into not showing up? Are they going to apply pressure? I just want them to think about when they were a rookie, when they were young, and they got all these reps. Now, when you're older and you're established, you don't think your body needs it. It probably doesn't. You have a routine that works for you, but they don't. They're just discovering themselves. They're realizing, look, I'm an NFL football player, and I need to make a good impression. I got to beat out 20, 30-something other dudes. I see this happening throughout the league. Now, the Seahawks. How are the Seahawks going to handle this? Something tells me that the Hawks are going to be one of the teams that have dang near everybody there. I don't know what it is. It's just a feeling that I get. I think... Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll and Bobby and all the leaders, they kind of know, like, look, we're, we're on to something special. This could be a really good team. Everyone has to show up and do their thing. All right, now it's your time to be heard. All right, the Lauer of Paul Galan Show is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. How do you be heard? This is what you do. You call, you text 206-421-3776 and give me your thoughts. We can talk about the M's. We can talk about uh, the question that I propose to you. If you could pick eight elite teams to represent the NFL, who would it be? Let me go to the text lines first. Okay, here we go. All right, so NFL Super A, this is from the 360. Got the Seahawks, Kansas City Chiefs, Green Bay, Buffalo, Baltimore, New England, New Orleans, either Dallas or Cleveland. Now, this, this list right here is going to be uh, this, this list. I like this list. But the Cleveland and Dallas, why are we picking Cleveland and Dallas? I think it's because just the history, right? Dallas is America's team. They're definitely not a really good football team. At least last year they weren't. They have a chance to bounce back. Dak's coming back. And Cleveland's on the rise. They were good last year, but typically they're not a very good football team. So are you, are you basing your decision off of, off of um, history? Are you basing off of the best teams in the league? Okay, from the 2 far 3 we got Cowboys, Patriots, Raiders, 49ers, Bears, Chiefs, Steelers, Seahawks. You're missing one. Is that all right? Miss one. All right. I agree with this list. I think the Bears is a tradition. That's a that's a tradition pick right there. I think the Steelers are solid. The Cowboys, man. The Cowboys sneak in just because they're marketable. All right. Most people know the Cowboys. If you if you uh just flash the star on the TV, I bet you seven- to eight-year-olds will be able to identify who that is. So I think you do kind of need a team like that in the NFL, but they're not an elite team right now. Who knows what they could have been if uh, Dak Prescott did not get hurt. All right, what else we got here? Let's go to 425. But what makes you think the Hawks are going to be a team with everyone showing up since they were one of the first teams to put out the statement that they're not going to show up? The players didn't put out that statement. Management did. If it were the players coming out, if, if Russell Wilson came out and said, you know what, I'm going to advise my guys not to show up, then I'd be like, all right, maybe there's some truth to that. But that's not what happened. The organization put that out there. I'm sure there's been some communication with the players. But something tells you, man, and, and say I'm wrong, 
and they don't show up for the workouts. They're going they're going to Russ's house. I know at least the receivers, uh, the quarterbacks, maybe in the running backs are going to get some work with Russell. More, we got Robert on line one. No, Robert. All right. All right, Robert. It's all good, man. Don't be scared, man. I don't bite, Robert. It's all good, man. All right. What else we got? Going back to the text line. Um, 509 says, my list is based on a mix of tradition, popularity, and how well they played the last 20 years. I'm not mad at that pick. Okay. 425 has the Seahawks, the Niners, the Saints, the Pages, the Steelers, the Chiefs, and the Rams. Adam in San Diego. Rams understand best defense in the league last year the Chiefs have to be there the most dominant team in the NFL the last three years the Patriots always good minus last year the Packers that is a staple in the NFL right you got to go with the Packers the Saints that's going to be interesting who is going to quarterback that football team the Saints now Jameis Winston is probably the guy am I the only one hoping that Jameis Winston does well I really hope he does man the guy has talent, decision-making is suspect, but we know that he can throw the ball over 5,000 yards with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, we got the uh, 206. We got the Hawks, Niners, Packers, Chiefs, Patriots, Bears, Colts, Rams, the Colts. Okay, that's an interesting pick. I wonder why the Colts. Are you thinking history, Johnny Unitas, Baltimore Colts? Maybe you throw them in there. Every other team I think is solid. The Colts has me scratching my head just a little bit. Okay, we got another one. We all, oh, you know, let's go to the lines. We got Blaze from the five oh nine. What's up, man? Hey, Bob. What's going on, brother? Hey, quick question. Couple quick ones. Damn it. Let's get him up there, man. I mean, we're making this push. I mean, if we're in first place at the end of next month, I love to see it. Lastly, everybody's calling me crazy, man. Man, it's plus ten thousand. I don't think that says yet. Put a hundred on it to win ten grand. me, Bob. Thanks, buddy. Love you. Hey, have a good one. Um, you were kind of muffled. I understand a little bit what you're saying. Get those prospects up. Right? Jared Kelnick, where are you at? Danny told me he homered yesterday. Julio, Julio Rodriguez, where are you at? He's a, a youngster, 19, 20-year-old. It might take a little more time for him to get up there. But I'm with you. Uh, I think we can wait until about June. Give it until June. See, have this team win a few more series or just get through a few more series and see where you really need guys. But it's inevitable. We are going to see Jared Kellenick at some point this year. Julio Rodriguez services said that he might go out there or might get pulled up, but I'm not sure um, how I feel about that. I'm not even sure if that's real. Okay, back to the text lines, 253. Bump, who, who will give us the most grief in the division this year, Jesse and Piotr? That's a good question. Naturally, you're going to think the Rams. Have a good defense. Most of those parts are coming back. They should be competitive. And you look at the offensive side of the ball. They picked up Matthew Stafford. They feel like he is the guy that's going to put them over the hump. So naturally, you're going to say the Rams. But I think you got to look at those Niners too. But it's all contingent on what they do in this draft. If they pick up, in my opinion, they should go Trey Lance or Justin Fields. I understand Mac Jones has been great in Alabama. He has all the weapons in the world. But I think you go with the mobile quarterback. I think you go with a guy who can make something out of nothing. But if you look at Shanahan, he does well with pocket passers. We see what he did with, with Matt Ryan. He is uh, They call him a quarterback guru like our guy Jake Heaps over there. Okay, He's a great mind, great football mind. I think he's a good coach. If the Niners go with a mobile quarterback, I think you put them neck and neck with the Rams. This division is is just going to be tough regardless, man. Then you look at the Cardinals. They pick up A.J. Green. A lot of people say he's old. Uh, you don't have to worry about him as much. Don't sleep on him. 
They pick up James Conner. You're going to say, oh, well, he only had one good year. He's their backup. You need a one-two punch. You combine him with Chase Edmonds, it's going to be difficult. So right now, it's the Rams that's going to give the Hawks the most trouble, the most grief. We'll see what the 49ers do in the draft. All right, here we go. Here's another list from the 509. Niners, Steelers, Chiefs, Ravens, Packers, Cowboys, Detroit, New England. No Seahawks from the 509. 509. I need I need you, I need you to elaborate. Okay, 509. You should have called in because this this is a good list. It's the first list I've seen um, from a Washington area code where the Seahawks are not involved. But these are traditional teams. You got 49ers, Steelers, get it. Chiefs, get it. Ravens, up and down. Packers, tradition. Cowboys, tradition. Detroit. Detroit. How the heck did Detroit get in this? <laughs> are you from Detroit? Are you are you an imposter 509? You must be from Detroit. Why is Detroit in here? And New England. I understand New England. More Dooley. Would you put Detroit? What, what's your quick list? What's your list, More? Oh, super teams in the NFL. Mm, I mean, yeah, you have to put. We were just talking about how the Steelers have uh, not had a losing record in the 15 years that Tomlin's been there. Yeah. I think you definitely have to put them. And they just have so much football history. I think you definitely put the Patriots. At this point, the Chiefs. Uh, how many are we doing? Six? Eight. Eight. Let's see. Um, yeah, I think the Packers, the Ravens recently, too. They're always in the mix. I'm not sure that the Cowboys are in there anymore. Yeah. That's, you, uh, I mean, I, the Cowboys? I guess in that, in that division. The NFC least? I'm just, I'm just tripping off of Detroit. I mean, I, I think the Saints, at least as of late, they've recovered. They had a little dip there after their Super Bowl. Um, and I mean, right now, after last year, the Bucks. Yeah. Are you, I mean, are you, are you doing it? Does it have to be more history or is no, it, it's, it's, it's just re- like right now? It's your list, whatever, wh- whoever you would put in, people have their reasons. Um, I would put in just the top eight right now. I wouldn't go with tradition, but I understand why people would put like the, the founding fathers of the NFL in there to represent. I, I understand that. I would just go with the best teams. That's just me. All right, this is the Paul Gallant Show. I am Michael Bumpus filling in for my guy. Coming up next, we will go into the sports pit with the Gras right here on 710 ESPN. It's 1030, and that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, and if you don't have some freaking toughness, you're going to get your, you're going you're to fail. With Paul Gallant. No, Paul Galan, you got Michael Bumpus here filling in. And right now we're going into the sports pit with the Graz, brought to you by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Graz, how you doing? Good, Bump. How you guys doing today? Hey, doing well. The sun is shining. The Mariners got a, a win yesterday. And my first question is, someone told me you're the conductor of the Dare to Dream Express. Are you still conducting that? Uh, <laughs> I've been conducting that for a long time. It's been... <laughs> It's been nothing but daring to dream for the last 20 years or so. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, last night's game was fun. I mean, that was a, that was a big time baseball game. Uh, you know, you had, uh, both teams played well. You had great defensive plays on both sides. You had good pitching on both sides. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, attention to trying to hang on to that one run lead against that murderer's row lineup the Dodgers have. It was, uh, it was a game that had a little bit of everything last night, I thought. A little bit of everything. So this team has you optimistic. The the Dare to Dream Express, if you can pick me up, man, I'm, I'm right there with you. I told the listeners, I go, I'm going to love hard this year. I don't care if I get hurt. If it works out, it's all good. But I, I have certain expectations. What are your expectations for this team? 
Well, I mean, I think going into the season, it was legitimate to think that they were they were still a year away, um, and and I think you know some things can happen to change that, uh, you know, and, and the perception has got to be changed in the front office, and it's got to be changed around the trading deadline, and the, the way you do it is, is really pretty simple. Uh, if you have a, a team that, that's on the ascension, that's moving up, and that clearly what the Mariners have with, with young guys right now in the lineup contributing, and you've got more good young players to come bubbling under the surface, which you do, and you have some veterans who are, who are having big-time years, and, and I point to, to Mitch Hanniger, who, who has been an all-star and is playing like an all-star again. I mean, looks just as good as he's ever looked. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, and Kyle Seeger providing that veteran leadership. And uh, most importantly, in, in this modern baseball, you have a bullpen uh, that, can, uh, that can get the job done. And, and that was a complete question mark at the start of the year, uh, you know, and it still is to a degree. We're only 16, 17 games in, so the football equivalent is we're like in the, in the third quarter of the second game of the year. So it's, you're, not, you're not making all your judgments quite yet. But, um, you know, you, you've got uh, that, that bullpen holds up and, and pitches the way they pitch. And they were great last night and they were great the night before. Then you've really got something to be to be excited about. So really what you're doing is you're playing a season uh, to the trading deadline. And, and if you find yourself three or four games out uh, close to contending with, with a young team like this, uh, you can you can see the Mariners adding rather than subtracting. And that's. That will be the, the time that we all know that the Mariners, the, the worm has turned. They have gone from pretender to contender. When uh, coming up on the July 31st trading deadline, they are, they are actually trading to add two rather than add prospects. And, and we'll see if they can do it. Uh, they've got, like I said, uh, they're off to a very good start. This is, a, this is a good challenge right now. I mean, we're still in April, but the Dodgers here, then four games with the Red Sox, who have managed to get into first place themselves. Four games in Houston with the Astros, then the Angels who are playing well afterwards. So it's a good run for the next three or four weeks, but uh, it's been a very good run for the first 17 games. I agree with you. So far, so good. They will be tested up, tested here today and as the season goes along. So we talk about all the youth that's in this organization. Is there any player that you kind of gravitated to as far as a young guy that you say, you know what, this is my kind of guy. This is the type of guy that the Mariners need to hold on to. Well, he's playing today for the first time all year, and 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 I'm not alone in, in this feeling at all. It's the you know you got a rookie of the year, you got a rookie of the year, but you know Kyle Lewis was, was the first first round draft pick of Jerry Depoto, and and had some struggles in the minor leagues, had some injury issues, did not look like he would get here, and then last year exploded on the scene, and, and you, everyone was anticipating what he would look like this year, and and unfortunately, you know, he gets he gets banged up in the spring, and and that debut is pushed back, and and I, I see him looking at the lineup today that. He is uh, in the second spot playing center field, uh, which is which is good timing because uh, unfortunately it looks like Ty France is out for a couple of games now. They're, they're, they're still battling some injuries, but I, I, I think like everyone bump, I mean, Kyle Lewis was so exciting to watch last year uh, at the plate and in the outfield as well. I mean, just making great plays in center field that, that he's the guy that I think everyone is anticipating. And if he has, uh, um, if he goes up, if he has a better year than he had last year, then all of a sudden this team is, you look at them with a whole different perspective because you've got some other bats that, that, that are performing for you. And if you get a, you get a rookie of the year a slash MVP sort of performance from Kyle Lewis uh, batting behind Mitch Hanniger uh, with Kyle Seeger behind him, I mean, you've got a, you got a devastating top of the lineup potentially. So I'm looking forward to seeing Kyle play today for sure. Yeah, me as well, Graz. Uh, the 360 says, last night felt like a playoff game. Both teams played – Played like it was. Is that the feeling you got from last night's game? 
It had a big time vibe. I mean, there's no question about it. It, it had it had that that feel of, of that every at bat was crucial. I mean, you had those plays in particular by Dylan Moore, uh, that leaping play he made over at third base, and and uh, you know switching pitchers uh, and, and and having having guys battle out of out of difficulty. And, and like I said, it was just it was really well played. I mean, that 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 to, that, that to me gives gives you the feeling of, of that kind of a game. And and you know, wasn't a lot of people there. They had the maximum they could, they were that were allowed. And it sounded like an intense game, and, and it was. So it was, a, it was a similar atmosphere to that for sure, uh, you know, as close as you're going to find in April. And I imagine it's, what ter- it, it's how the Dodgers feel every night. I mean, they're 13-4 and four with that loss last night. They're the World Series champs, so they got the bullseye on their back wherever they go. And every game has kind of got a big-time feel for it. But, you know, when they play as well as they played last night, both teams, it definitely gives you that kind of playoff feel to it, which is a feeling that is – that is not felt that often around here. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while, Gross. Well, so now you got Marco Gonzalez on the mound. Um, started off his, his season a little rough. Two outings that were kind of suspect. Bounced back against the Astros after giving up a home run in the first inning. What do you need to see out of him? Do, do you need him to be dominant? Do you just want him to, to build off of what he did his previous outing? What do you need to see? Bump, I tell you, he's a, of of the guys on the team that that I'm not concerned about. He's he's number one with a bullet. Uh, you know, he, he is a proven commodity. Uh, he's not a guy you're, you're hoping that can 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 be a good pitcher for you. You're, you know, he's 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 done everything that he's had to do to be, I think, a number one starter. He was very effective last year. He had a, a double digit win the year before in a team that wasn't very good. Uh, so you know, for me, if if he's having problems, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that they're health related. And I was glad to see him. Just like he put it perfectly, man. He he shook off that first inning in Houston because it was all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is three bad starts, and then boom, he just this. Um, uh, Stelton put it yesterday. He was just he was Marco Gonzalez again, and and. I think that that's the guy who's here to stay. Uh, I'm just looking for more of the same. Uh, if he has a rough outing, look, I'm going to attribute it to the Dodgers, who are terrific. But uh, I think Marco is fine. He's not one of the guys I'm worried about moving forward. Last one I got for you, Graz. Uh, we know batters one through four should be your most consistent guys, but how important is it to get the bottom of the line of Gorham? We saw Jamel have a great game. Uh, what does that do for your baseball club when you get those guys going as well? It takes the pressure off, Bump. I mean, it really takes the pressure off. That you know, you expect your top of the lineup to to be to be elite and and to, to deliver. But when you get bottom of the lineup uh, activity and you get guys hitting really well there, you'd almost think of it as a bonus to a degree. So, you know, it's it's it been a work in progress. You're right. The Mariners haven't quite figured it out yet. Uh, Trammell has looked has uh, looked overmatched at times, and then he hits home runs like he hits last night, and you just know that he is. When this guy, when this guy finally gets it, he is going to be, he's going to be trouble. But you've got a lot of young guys back there. Tom Murphy is a guy who, who has hit well and 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 hopefully can hit well again. And you got J.P. Crawford batting last to kind of, you know, give you a, give you a turnaround and give a guy on base maybe for Hanniger or Lewis. So, uh, bottom of the lineup uh, needs to hit a little bit better. If they do, then you've got everything going on and and you're going to be a contender for the entire year. Uh, but uh, it, it's it's not quite there yet for the Mariners, but a lot of other things are working well, and, and I can't wait for the game today. A lot of things are working. If you want more of the grass, he's filling in for Wyman today with Bob. Make sure you tune in. The legend, the conductor of the Dare to Dream train, Gross, man, I appreciate your time. Bump, thank you, buddy. All right. All right, coming up next, another chance for you to be heard. All right, let's talk about it. Your Super 8 teams, how do you feel about these M's? You want to talk Alden Smith? You want to comment on what the garage just said? Holler at your boy, 206-421-3776. Talk to you soon. 
You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to the Paul Gallant Show. You got Michael Bumpus filling in for my guy. He's off in Puerto Rico. He'll be back on Thursday. All right, let's get back into it. It's time for yourself to be heard. Here's my question. All right, I got a bunch of questions. We can talk M's, football, uh, but... At the beginning of the show, I posed a question. Who are your top eight teams? And I think I should have been more specific. There was a, a texter who threw that out there. But here, here's my list. Now, your top eight. Now, we're talking historic or we're talking just hot right now. If we're talking my historic top eight, you got to go Chicago, Green Bay, the Browns, Washington football team, Cowboys, Detroit, Raiders, and Steelers. That's my historic. Now, my hot top eight. We got New England, the Chiefs, the Seahawks, Tampa Bay, Saints, Steelers, Buffalo, and the Rams. You let me know if you agree or disagree with that or if you uh, have your own list. Let me hear your own list. All right, go to the text signs. 425 says, Bump, would you rather win a Super Bowl, Masters, or lead the Bearcats to a state championship? Man, you're tugging at all my emotions right now, aren't you? I would say, I would say, man. I have to go with the Masters. I'd have to go with the Masters. I've been removed from football for so long um, that I don't feel that, as a player at least, I don't feel that that connection to it as a player. As a coach, it's tough between the Masters and leading the Bearcats to a state championship. I'm no longer the head coach for the Bearcats. My buddy Scott Darrow is, who did a great job this year. But I would have to say the Masters, that's something I do once or twice a week is play golf. And um, I'm nowhere near good enough to even make a pro-am at Chambers Bay, let alone the Masters. So I would have to go with winning the Masters. That's, that's my opinion. All right, go back to the text lines. 509 says, since it looks inevitable that the Seahawks will cut Alden Smith, there are still good ed- edge rushers still available. Would, what, who, would you, who, would I, who would I pick up is what they're asking. Um, good question. I always wanted Justin Houston. He's an older guy, 32 years old. He plays with the Colts. He's still out there. I think if you can get him for the low, Justin Houston will be a good match here. Okay, 253. Hey, Bump, how do you feel about the XFL coming back? And also, do you believe that the NFL should have a secondary league like they did back in the – yes. One, I'm excited about the XFL coming back. One reason why, because my compadre here, Maura Dooley, was a sideline reporter for the Dragons, and Maura needs more shine. So give more, let Maura do her thing on the sideline. Thank you. I would yeah. love to have it back. It was so much fun. I could imagine, man. And especially with, with the Dragons fans and you being out there on the field and feeling that energy, I bet that was an awesome experience. It was so cool. And, and you know, you, you've talked about even just with some of these players reporting to camp right now and making that decision despite – the NFLPA and some of their teammates maybe not wanting them to. I just loved seeing guys that just wanted this dream so bad get that shot. They, like, they just need a place to be showcased. Yep, because once it's gone, it is gone forever. This is a young man's sport. Uh, so, yes, I'm happy the XFL is coming back. I think the NFL does need a development league. It's kind of tough to where, at least in the NBA, if you don't make it there, they have a D league that you can go to. Baseball has the minors. Uh, more, does the NHL have anything like that? Yeah, the NHL has uh, affiliates. So they have the affiliates. It's just, this is the only league without like a farm system, a development league. So I think that's important. Some guys just aren't ready right now. It's kind of like when you redshirt in college. I wish I would have redshirted. I played all top. But that year to develop and grow and learn is crucial. So, yes, 
I wish uh, I, I wish they did have a development league. Bump, what's your handicap? Right now, I'm sitting at a 12. My best handicap of all time, I was around an 8. That's when I played for the Hawks. Didn't have no kids. And I was able to get out every dang day and do my thing. Life is a little different these days. Okay. Let's go with uh, 360 Bump. I definitely feel what you mean with the voluntary workout stuff. I'm just a youngin trying to make my way out there. But I was always told... When you're disposable or trying to work your way up the professional ladder, first one to arrive, last one to leave. Yes, that's it. Work your way up the ladder. If you're chasing that dream right now, you do your thing. You show up to everything. You do extra. You stay late. You show up early. You got to show these guys that I am a true professional and I want to be here. All right, let's go back. What else we got here? Okay, okay, okay. The Mariners have me feeling the same way I felt in 93 and 94. Very excited about all the new talent and definitely becoming a contender. Now, I wasn't a Mariners fan in 93 and 94, but I did use them on my, uh, I think it was Sega Dreamcast or something like that. Sega Saturn, I think it was called, and World Series Baseball. Man, I used to rock with the Mariners all day. That lineup was ridiculous. So I didn't necessarily feel the excitement that you felt in 93 and 94, but... Every Mariner fan, diehard Mariner fan I talked to, those were the glory days, man. If they can get back to that, especially while I'm covering them, man, I'd be spoiled. I would love to be a part of that success. Okay, 425. Hey, Bump, do you have any regrets in your professional career? Any regrets? Ah, man. I would say if I had any regret, it would be when I went to Canada – uh, to play football after the Hawks cut me. I could either have signed with the 49ers or gone up to Canada. 49ers wanted me on the practice squad. I go, you know, I'm going to go to Canada, and I'm going to I'm gonna play a year. I'm going to make a little bit more money and just try to get back to the NFL. If I could do that again, I would go up to Canada, but I would go up with a different mind state. I, would, I didn't really appreciate my time in Canada. I was just up there like as a stepping stone, so I didn't totally buy in, and because of that, my play just declined, and I wasn't happy, and I was like, you know what, I'm out of there. So, yeah, that's my one regret. All right, 425. Bump, what would you have done if you were in the situation and the vets told you or pressured you not to show up to OTAs? I would think long and hard about it, but thankfully, when I was young, I had somebody um, that I grew up with that was in the NFL. I didn't really grow up with him, went to the same high school. Then we ended up going to Washington State together. Carl Pema, he was drafted two or three years before I got there, and um, Carl Pema is one of the smartest dudes that I know, works his butt off, and I would lean on him for advice. And I think knowing him and how he is with money and all that stuff, he'd tell me to show up. And... So I would, I would respect the vets and listen to them because they are vets. They've made it here for a reason. But um, nah, I, wouldn't, I, I, I would show up. I, I needed that money. I needed that stipend. I needed opportunity. I just wanted to play football. There's no way you're going to tell me at a Washington State University, all right, here's your chance. Hey, but don't show up, man. You, you, you don't want to put that practice jersey on. You want to put that helmet on. You don't want to be in the building trying to live out a dream. Nah, I think I would show up. Okay, uh, 253. Hey, Bum, what about the rumors that Seahawks are signing Sheldon Richardson? Brock Hubert was on Blue 42 earlier with Danny and myself, and he mentioned, he goes, hey, man, this might not be a coincidence. These guys actually might be looking at Sheldon Richardson. Maybe the Hawks were tipped off that this was going to leak, and they're setting themselves up just in case. We all know the Hawks are always working. They're always setting themselves up. So maybe this is a reaction to that 
it may be possible. Last one, have I played Gamble Sands? I have not played Gamble Sands yet. That is a golf course, but I will get there. All right, time to wrap this thing up. I just want to thank the Gras for spending time. I want to thank Maura Dooley for doing what she does. And I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I'm filling in for Paul Gallant. One more day tomorrow. Holler at your boy. It's been great. You guys have a good day. Enjoy the Mariners game today.